Ma Coco? Aye. For Maui, it's a new beginning. With honor and deep respect, we're moving forward. We're ready to get people back to work. We all have to do our part, and we'll make this happen. Working together. We are ready to work. Ready to serve. All ready. 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 We are ready. For more information, visit makokomoe.com. The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. for being here with us. We really appreciate your continuous support and all the love that you have shown us so far. Tonight, we're talking about the importance of making good choices. Unfortunately, one bad choice changed Kyle Kilausing's life, and we're not talking for the better. He tried crystal meth as a teen and became an addict and lived a life of crime and was incarcerated for 10 years. Well, today he's clean and sober, and he's not hiding the bad parts of his life at all. Instead, he's openly talking about everything that he went through to let our youth, our youth here in Hawaii and even outside on the mainland, that they are in control of their future. And one, we're talking just one bad choice can really ruin your life. Welcome to Mothership, Kyle. Welcome, Roger, Kyle. thank you so much, Stephanie Lam. Thank Hello. you, everybody, for having me. Thank you. Hey, okay, Kyle. So you have such a really remarkable story and you've come so far, but take us back to where it all started for you and how you got involved with making that bad choice. Perfect. So my name is Kyle. I was born and raised on the big island. My parents got divorced at the age of three and I moved in with my grandpa and my grandma. And just so happens my grandpa's name was George Martin. He was the chief of police. And his backyard, only thing separating his yard from the golf course was on Stonewall, three feet high. So it was just a matter of time before I pick up the club and, and started the game of golf. And having the grandfather as the chief of police, he taught a lot of things to me as a child. He taught me love. He taught me respect. He taught me etiquette and, and golf. So I, I started playing golf at the age of three. By the age of 10, I was already a state champion. And I qualified to play in a junior world tournament in San Diego, California, where I first saw Eldrick Tiger Woods for the very first time. I, he's one year younger than me. And I, I was 10, he was nine. And in that tournament, he came first. I came fourth, and we met and he started calling me pineapple. So every year I would represent Hawaii and I would fly to California and he would win his states and he would fly to California. We'd see each other every year. And he'd call me pineapple and just talk about Hawaii. And Tiger was a very interesting kid. And my future was so bright, so bright. 
And I remember young Kyle at the age of 10, I made a goal for myself. And my goal was win everybody in junior golf, go to high school, win everybody in high school, go college, win everybody in college, graduate, turn pro and buy me a mansion. And that was my goal from 10 years old, young Kyle. So every morning before school, I would walk over my grandpa's wall into the golf course. As soon as the light would come out, I would be in the golf course until my grandpa would yell, boy, school. Then I would jump over the wall, put on my golf bag, pick up my school bag, and I would go to school. Honor roll student. And high school, high school days, my friends, they was dibble dabbling in um, alcohol and weed. And, but I was focused. I was focused. Cause I wanted to be one pro in order to achieve my goal. I had to be physically strong and I had to be smart in school and I was doing it. Then one day, everybody was started smoking crystal meth, and I've been offered crystal meth numerous times and I kept on telling them no, 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 but you only can say no, no so much. And every time somebody would offer me drugs, crystal meth, I could hear my grandpa's voice. I could hear my mom's voice telling me, son, if you ever do drugs, I'm going to beat you up. So that was no, no, no. I'm good. Then the day came. I didn't try them. And when I blew out that crystal meth smoke, I blew out everything that was instilled in me as a child. Every ounce of goodness came out of me. And then instantly became an addict here on the big island. And I did plenty bad things to fuel my addiction. And Crystal Met had his grip on me and no intentions of letting me go. And when I was growing up golfing, I was all over the news. Like every time I would win, they'll put me on the news. And now I'm on the news again. But this time wasn't for golf. It was if you see Kyle Kilau saying, please call 911. Don't try to apprehend suspect and this and that and this and that. And, and we live in an island, bro. And it was just a matter of time before the law caught up with me. And... When the law caught up with me, I was 98 pounds, full-blown crystal meth addict. I was labeled Hawaii's most wanted. I was labeled on one-man crime wave. And I know people cannot see this, but that's, that's my mugshot. Yeah. And I never get into trouble in my whole life because that's not how I was raised. So now I got caught. And they put me back on the news and back on the front page of the newspaper saying that Kyle Kilau Singh, the big catch, captured. And the reason why they did that, because they wanted the public to know that I was in custody so they could breathe a sigh of relief. And the police department, they had a party because I was apprehended because I, I, I made them work really hard, bro. So now I am sitting in Hilo jail. For the first time, I say in Hilo jail in custody. And the first two weeks of my jail time, all I did was eat and sleep because there's two things I didn't do while high on my addiction. So in a matter of time, a couple of weeks went by, I got physically strong. But the urge, my addiction to crystal meth was even stronger. And at that time I was in Hilo jail, it was three men to one cell and the, the jail was just overcrowded. And they put me in a makeshift dorm, was an old cafeteria with 40 other inmates. And at the top of this building, I saw one little triangle skylight way at the top, 40 feet up. And I remember looking out up at the glass. And one of my friends in jail said, bro, what you looking at? I told him, you see that window up there? He said, yeah. 
I'm going to escape because he said, how, how are you going to go up there? So my, my cowboy friends in jail, they, they made me on rope out of sheets and then lasso the light and I climb up the lasso and I make my way up and I broke the window and I squeeze my way out and on the roof. Then I jump off the roof and I was escaped. And now I considered one fugitive and I was on escape for 12 days. Three high-speed chases later, they caught me because I live in an island where I don't go in circles. I wish somebody would have told me that, bro. But they caught me again. They took me back to the Hilo jail, but this time they had um, different plans for me. They shackled me from head to toe because now I considered one high-risk inmate. And they put me on a special plane and they took me to Halava Correctional Facility. And they took me to this place called the Shoe. It's called Special Holding Unit, AKA the Hole. And they put me in there on seven by seven windowless cell, bro. And they, let, they put me in that cell for three years, bro. I was in there. And what they did to me was, was inhumane. But once you enter prison walls, bro, they do what they like, bro, to you. And all they're going to tell you is next time, no come prison. So I say in the seven by seven cell, losing my mind. I eat in my cell. They bring me my food to a little trap door. Every week, they shove on toilet pepper, one state soap, one little toothpaste and a toothbrush inside my trap and land on the ground. Every week, they'll do that. And all I did was pace and pace. I could see my hair growing on my face because they never give me a razor. I was losing my skin complexion on my skin because I never see the sun. I never see outside. And I don't care who you are, bro. You spend that much time in isolation. Things are taking a toll on your mind, bro. Mm. And one special day, I woke up. And the voices in my head were so loud, bro. And the voices in my head was telling me, Kyle, you was on seven-time, six-time state champ. You was ranked fourth in the world. You golf with Tiger Woods. You, you had a beautiful future. Look where you stay now. In a seven-by-seven windowless cell. Ram your head in the wall, Kyle. Ram your head in the wall. And those voices was just hitting me, bro. And every bad thing I did, even as a little kid taking on candy bar, every bad thing I did in my life was hitting me that one day. And that voices in my head was getting to me, bro. And it seemed like a good idea. Because not, that's not how you're supposed to live, bro. So I'm back up as far as I could in my cell. And I was ready to lunge forward and I was going to try to smash my head into the wall. But something was holding me back, bro. Pinned against my wall. And the only way I could go was down. Down to my knees, bro. And one thing that wasn't instilled in me was God. For some apparent reason, God wasn't instilled in me as a child. But I remember when I was a child, I saw on shore of one guy. He needed help. And he was on his knees asking this guy named God for help. Those images started flashing through my head. So all I did was copy what I saw, bro. I was already on my knees. And I said, God, if you're out there, my name is Kyle, bro. I'm sorry for what I did to everybody. Help me, bro. I need your help, bro. If you're really, really, really out there, bro, help me, bro. And when I said the word amen, I felt them. I felt one whole worm rush through my whole body, bro. And, and that's when I got saved, bro. 
That's when I got saved in on seven by seven windowless cell in Halawa Correctional Facility. And I was free, but I was still locked up in on cell because I got saved. And finally, the door went open of my isolation cell. And I remember looking at two guards, bro, and just looking at me. I never seen one human in a while, bro. And I remember just looking at me and I was looking at them. They said, come on, Kyle, let's go. I said, before I leave this cell, I like to ask you guys one question. They said, what? How long I was in here, bro? They said, bro, you was in here for three years and two weeks, bro. Instantly, I cried, bro. I cried. I knew it was one long time, but I knew it wasn't to that extent, bro. So I said, okay. Then I started walking out of the cell. I said, where are you going, bro? Home. They said, bro, you're not going home, bro. You're going to the high. You know what is that? I said, no, you, Kyle, since you was on punk and you in escape, you considered high risk, bro. So we're going to put you in on, in on special prison, high risk facility, bro. You know, you know who else is in a high custody? I said, no. They said, you know, when you watch the news and you see people kill people, we put them in high custody because they're high risk because they're never going to see the light of day again. Gang leaders with plenty influence on other inmates is high risk. So they put him in high risk. You, Kyle Kilau Singh, high risk, bro. You ready? Let's go. And this, I, I freaking out, bro. I don't, I don't know what to expect. As I'm walking up to this high, high facility, we reach a glass with gate, one thick iron gate with glass. And I'm looking into this window and I see 179 guys, bro, looking at me. All I see is muscles, tattoos, and no more teeth. That's what I saw. And when a door went open, the guard told me go for go in. And I couldn't go in, bro. I was scared. I was scared. Just by the way, these guys look at you, bro. And the guard nudged me, bro. He nudged me. He said, go, bro. So when he nudged me in, the door went closed behind me. Everybody went stop and look. Because everybody like see who coming in. And all they saw was me. Then I put my head down and I kept on walking. And that's when I mess up, bro. When I put my head down. So I was looking for my cell, which is cell nine. As soon as I reach cell nine, I leave my wagon outside and I, I run into my cell and, and I take on big breath. I try to compose myself. Not even one minute into my cell, three men run into my cell, lock the door and beat me up. They knock out all my front teeth and then stomp me and they left me there in the middle of my floor. And they took my toilet paper and they took my soap and they took my whatever they could. But most importantly, they wanted to find out if I was on prey or on predator, bro. And they found out real quick, bro, that I was on prey. Because I never fight back. All I did was curl up into a ball, bro. I never get into a fight in my life. That's not how I was raised. That's not how I was built, bro. And when people go to prison, everybody get one cellmate. They call them on bunkie. My, my, bunk, my bunkie at the time was on quadruple life. He didn't set one family on fire. He didn't time around on tree and he set them on fire. He, get, he was on quadruple life. And when the doors closed at night, one, one night he said, bro, something different about you, bro. What is your story? And in prison, you know, like share your story, bro, with people. You know, like even share nothing about your life. But I felt, I felt comfortable, bro, because I felt, he felt genuine, bro. So I shared my story. He said, I knew it, bro. I knew it, bro. I knew you was a good guy, bro. 
what the hell are you doing here with us, bro? And, and that was it. And every day people would beat me up, bro. They would come take my food. My mom bought me shoes. My shoes on my feet never last more than five minutes. I got robbed. And every day, bro, I was pulling hard time. And one day my bunkie went call me, bro, from across the from across the pod. He yelled my name, Kyle. I look up. He's motioning me to the room. He said, go in the room, bro. I go in the room. He shut the door. He said, sit down. I sit down at the edge of the bed. And he slapped me as hard as he could, but right across my face. And I got hurt, bro. Because I thought he was my friend, bro. So I started crying. And he said, look at me, bro. Look at me. I look up at him and he said, bro, I cannot see this guy doing this to you, bro. You're a good guy, but you got to fight because you understand? You got to fight, bro, Kyle. Then he slapped me one more time as hard as he could. Pah, another time. Look at me, bro. I look at him. He said, remember where you stay, bro. You understand? Remember where you stay. And he'd open the door and he'd walk out and he'd lock the door and left me in the room, bro. I saved by God, but I still had to remember where I stay, bro. I wasn't in general population, bro. Having good fun with all my friends. I was in a high custody prison, bro, where guys never going to see the light of day again. Chilibi people with that kind of mentality, bro. Yeah. So that's how I was living, bro. And I don't know if you guys can see my shirt. Oh, there my shirt says stay humble, pray on top. Stay humble, pray. And prison, I had to adapt. I was timid. I got beat up. I didn't try to act aggressive. I got more beat up. So I found a way for communicating in prison, bro, which is stern. You talk timid, you get beat up. You talk aggressive, you get beat up. So you got to find a certain balance, bro. And prison number one handbook, I had to learn everything on my own, bro. I know this is all fake. My front teeth is all fake because I got smashed the first day I went in. And now years went on, bro. And I'm doing things that not me because I had to adapt. So now I cover the tattoos. I no more teeth. And I get muscles. I fit in like everybody else. I power fight for the day. I power train for the day. I shower. I relaxing. And I playing cards with my friend. And we unwinding. Waiting for another day to go down so we can start one, another one. As we playing cards, six guys having their way, bro, in a sexual way with another man right on the side of us. And this man is yelling, bro, at the top of his lungs for help. For help, bro. I never did hear a man scream like that in my life, bro. I look around the whole pod. Everybody just doing their own thing. Nobody even paying attention, bro, to this, to what's going on. Maybe that guy did something wrong to somebody's daughter. Maybe that guy did something wrong to somebody's mother. And he paid the price. So he let things go. And I've been raised for help, bro. If you see somebody struck on the side of the road and everybody pushing, you jump out and you help push. You see one old lady in a supermarket getting a hard time with their groceries, you help. That's how I was raised. So now this man's screaming for help. I got to remember where I stay, bro. I'm in prison. 
I tell my friend, excuse me, I got to go. I got to use the bathroom. I walk to my cell. I close my door. I take one big breath and I tell myself, Kyle, stay humble, bro. This is not your home. This is temporary, bro. This is temporary, bro. I drop to my knees and I pray. Father God, thank you for the beautiful day. Please keep me strong, keep me safe and protect me, Father God. Amen. Stay humble prayer. Stay humble prayer. Stay humble prayer. Guys get shanked in the neck. Stay humble prayer. Go to myself. Stay humble prayer. I can't even count the times I stay humble prayer. But that's someone helped me, bro. That's someone helped me. And I forgot to mention that I did five years in Halava. If you get sentenced to 10 years above, they fly you to Arizona. So I did five in Halava and then they took me to Arizona. So I did the rest in Arizona. So five and five is 10. So I say in Arizona now, and I, my time is getting close. I feel him. The guard come up to me. He said, Kyle. I said, yeah, you're going home on the next flight. <sighs> okay, thank you. I go to my room and I pray for the last time. Father God, thank you for this journey, bro. Thank you for allowing me to see the things that I had to see. So I could feel the way I got to feel, bro. Thank you for protecting me and guiding me and keeping me safe through this whole journey. As I get released from this prison gate, Father God, use me in any way that you need me, bro. For sure, your love, your mercy, your forgiveness, and your grace. Use me to bring hope to people, bro, who battle with addiction. Use me to educate the kids, bro, to let them know that Life is good, bro. Use me, Father God, in any way that you need me. Amen. Boom. And I was free. I got released. And now I free. I've been I free off crystal meth for 18 years. I'm free from prison for eight. And I became a motivational speaker now. And in those eight years, I spoke to Almost 95% of the schools here in Hawaii, bro. I did every school on Kauai, Maui, Lanai, Molokai, my home, Big Island. And my last island right before pandemic was Oahu. And God didn't answer his prayers, bro. Answer my prayers. And when I came out of prison, I came out of prison with prison slippers, prison shorts, and a prison shirt. That's it. Not one cent to my name. But I came home saved. And I came home with passion for help people. God blessed me with sobriety, which leads to my freedom. With my freedom, I'm able to spend with my family and help as many people as I can, bro. And prison when turned my whole mentality, my aspect about things, bro. My gratefulness. Gratefulness, bro. No sweat the small stars. Be grateful, bro. And when I go to the schools here in Hawaii, I tell him this. We live in the most beautiful place in the world, bro. And if you guys like jeopardize where we live for a 10 by 10 cement cell in Arizona with a guy named Big Bill 
You out of your mind, bro. You better think. And I see the wheels, bro. Just turning, bro. Just turning, bro. And, bro, I dedicated myself, bro, for help as many kids as I can bro, and educate them about the power of their choices, bro. And to remind them that they're one choice away from a different life. And I was the last person, bro, that anybody thought would be sober, bro, including myself. I was going to die when Chris was an addict. And I got saved, bro. And if I tell you, if I can get better, bro, your mother can get better. Your father can get better. Your uncle, your auntie, your brother, your sister, anybody, bro. Dealing with addiction, don't give up hope, bro. And I just share my experience, bro. I just share with them. Right? And like I said, every day I, I ask God to continue to use me, bro, as his vessel to show his love and his mercy, his forgiveness and his grace. And Oahu was my last island I did, bro. And when I came home from Oahu, I felt a sense of completion, bro. I felt like I did what I could, bro. So I pray and I share with God how I felt. And I, I ask God to plant me the people, bro, that I need to further my mission, bro, to help more kids, not only in Hawaii, but in the whole world, bro. Next thing you know, these people reaching out, reaching out. Now I... I work for this agency called Top Youth Speakers. And then two weeks ago, I just came home from Alabama, West Virginia, Georgia. I don't even know where I'm going, bro. They just emailed me and said, bro, this is where you're going. And I look on the map, I Google, where's Georgia? Oh, that's far, bro. And I didn't pray for him, and God didn't use me. And he, it's amazing, bro. It's, it, it's amazing, bro. And God is so good. Oh, Kyle, man, that is that is deep. That is deep. so that is super, super deep, and that is super raw. That is super um it's hard to swallow um the stuff that you talked about and everything that you went through because in this day and age and this society, we don't like to talk about that kind of stuff, yeah. So it's it's really, really hard to hear. Hard to hear about all the stuff you had to witness. Hard to hear about all the stuff that you had to go through. Most of all, hard to hear about how one, one thing drastically changed your life. I mean, talk about meth and it just has a grip on you, yeah? I mean, yep. it just yep. goes to show just, I mean, that is a powerful drug. And unfortunately, years later, even after you get out, it's still... A, a problem it's still mm -hmm. around our kids you know yeah. even adults like is it is it worse than than when you were first introduced to it i i honestly can say look it got better bro i can say it, yeah because when i was running a mock and one attic was really bad bro and i still have friends who dibble dabble with them and i feel like it got better but mm -hmm. I, I dedicated myself for, for bring awareness to kids and help people who battling, especially the parents of the kids. And you know what? Before I leave each school, I share the kids this. If you guys know more anybody, bro, because your dad in prison or your mom running the streets or vice versa, you guys get me, bro. 
Okay, never feel like you guys are alone, cause you guys understand. My Instagram is Stay Humble Prayer, bro. Boom. You know most messages I get, bro, from these kids. Messages would blow your mind, bro. And I don't want a degree in anything, bro. I get one GED from Halava, bro. But they know I was in a dark place because I shared a story. And kids message me, Uncle, I like die, bro. I said, so depressed. I like die. And I don't understand how a 16-year-old kid can feel that way, bro. So I, I, I pray and I ask Father God to give me the words that I need to help this kid via text out of this darkness, bro. And I go, boom, 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, whatever. And we going. Once I reach the top, bring the kid out of the darkness, and he good. You good, boy? I good, uncle. Thank you, bro. I love you. Love you, too. Boom. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. And I'm not a kid. And I'm not a kid, bro. You know, hearing you talk about um, when you were being peer pressured, it was sounded pretty relentless, yeah? yeah. And I'm sure there's, there's a lot of kids that probably they're going to be in that situation like you. What advice do you have for kids listening that, are going to be in that situation or might be in that situation right now. And they're raised good too. And they are saying, no, no, no. Like what should they do? I mean, what tell an adult or like, what are some of the things that they can do to not do it? Have appreciation, have appreciation by still having what they're having without losing them for experience that like my story, I lost so much, but I gained so much. And I tell the kids this, why you guys got to all go where I went, which is I can just share with you what could happen, bro. Yeah. And one of my friends, he worked right down the street from me. He worked at ALC, the, the kids at risk. And he called me. He said, bro, these kids is out of control, bro. They're vaping in my class. They're doing this. They don't respect me. You can come on. Automatic, bro. I go over there and I share with these kids, bro. I share with them. And I see my friend crying in a corner, crying. So after I finish the presentations, I tell the kids, bro, I tell them all about freedom, all, all, all the good things you can do, bro. Yeah. Soon as the kids leave, I walk up to my friend. What's the matter, bro? He said, bro, I've been working here for 15 years, bro. I never did see any of these kids give so much, so much respect to one person in my life, bro. And they, these kids, they listen, bro. They listen. They, Because everybody knows somebody like me, bro, in prison or on attic. Somebody going to relate to what I got to say, bro. And I just grateful the way God used me. And I, I tell the kids, no sweat the small stuff, bro, out there. Because th things can be worse, bro. And it's enjoy what we get. Because life is really too short, bro. Yeah? And I, I just, I, I hope that we can all work together so we can touch the lives of more kids, bro. Cause time is going fast, right? We we and it's an, if God didn't bless me in a situation, I go I gonna give back, and I'm gonna help as many kiki as I can. Did your grandpa? Oh, is he still alive? No, he passed away. Look, when I was like junior golf student, he passed oh. away. His name was George Martin. I was gonna say if um any of your loved ones or your family, what their reaction was, you know, to see. The new Kyle to see oh. Kyle after. You know, I had to adapt yeah, in prison. And I had to go through things. I had to do things, bro, that wasn't me. And when changed me, when changed me, bro. So when I came out of prison, my mom kept on telling me, son, why are you, why are you talking so mad? Why you look mad, son? I said, why not? I'm free. 
I promise. But I, I had to be somebody that I wasn't, bro. I cannot show happy in prison. You cannot show this. You got to be one stern. And my mom, being the way she raised me, that was like mad. So I gave her this analogy. She gave one little white dog at home, one house dog. I said, mom, if you grab your dog and you take her way up in the mountains with a hunter's hunt, Kulani, and you leave your dog there for 10 years and you drive away, 10 years later, go back to the mountain to call your dog. And when your dog run to you, I promise you, your dog not gonna be the same, bro. And right there with that analogy, she didn't understand, bro. And all these bad things that happened to me just when build passion, bro. Passion. And I grateful that God didn't allow me for escape. That wouldn't put me in a hole where I surrender. And so I got saved. And when I went to prison, I left on bad taste, bro, in everybody's mouths here in this community. And when I came home from prison 10 years later and they saw me back, their opinions and their perceptions about me was still the same, bro. Was still the same. And I don't blame them, bro, because I was bad, bro. And I just stayed focused, though. I stayed focused. I could have fall back. I could have fall back. Like prison. If somebody look at you funny, you go and you fight them. That's, that's prison. But I'm not in prison anymore. So all that opinions and perceptions about me, I stayed focused, bro, on helping the Kiki and my sobriety and giving back, bro. And now I've been free for eight years. All the people that when despise me, they all respect me now. But I never do that for gain the approval. It just was a matter of time. Like certain police officers, they had personal vendettas against me. And then I got on a phone call. And they said, you know who's this? I said, no. They told me the name. And I knew he had ill will towards me. And I said, oh, what's up, bro? He said, bro, my son, my son is 14 years old, bro. He's going on the wrong path, bro. And he's not listening to me. And I, I, I know I... I know I had ill will towards you, bro. And you knew that. But I, I humbly ask if you can talk to my son, bro. Automatic, bro. He dropped off his son. I met him at a park. We walk around for two hours, the baseball field. Two hours, bro. Just talk. And now today he good. And now me, that cop, we friends. And God is good, bro. Turning a 98-pound crystal man addict, Hawaii's most wanted escape fugitive. To a person touching the lives of thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of kids, bro. When like, you know, planning kids call me and they ask me, Uncle, I, I, I gotta do a report on somebody that I look up to or somebody who influenced me and you influence me, bro, in a positive way. I can do them on you. Of course. So they ask me like the basic questions all the time, these kids. <laughs> One girl, she didn't ask me a question that no kid ever did ask me before. She said, uncle, if you can rewind time when the crystal meth pipe came to your hand, what would you do? I said, I'll do them again. Oh, her eyes got so big. She said, what, uncle? I said, look, I did them. I went to prison. I didn't learn. And I came home and I touched in the lives of thousands and thousands and thousands of kids, bro, to help bring awareness to them, bro. Me, I went through all that for help you guys, bro. 
And if the day came and I knew what would happen, I would do them again, bro. For just for save you, for help you, appreciate bro. your family and your friends and, and life, bro. Did she cry and I cry? We all cry. We all cry, babies. Yeah. So Kyle, is there there no way to reach um, people who are addicted right now because they're in a different mindset? You know, you know, much people reach out to me, kids and people, addicts, like my wife, she had like on one little storefront boutique in downtown and I would be upstairs. I'll be printing my shirts and my wife would call me. She said, Oh babe, somebody down here, I like talk to you. And I'll come downstairs and would be one, one lady. She would say, hey, sorry to bother you, but my husband outside and he get no nowhere to turn to and you can talk to him. He's shame come inside. Oh yeah, of course. What is his name? Give him a name. I'll go outside, talk to the brother man. Boom. Give him this talk, talk stories. I just talk stories. Boom. He feel better. You know how much people do that with me? Plenty. And I prayed that I wish I could have some place that when somebody reach out to me, I could send them someplace, like on treatment center. Couple of treatment centers, they reach out to me. They wanted to use my before and after picture, bro, for, 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 for the treatment center. I said, bro, you cannot do that, bro. But that, that, that's, that's my ultimate goal, bro. Forget one treatment center and help people. And because if I can, they can, bro. And I don't like steer anybody away from the 12 steps. Cause I don't even know the first step, bro, to recovery. And these treatment centers reach out to me because they look at me like, bro, if Kyle Kilausing can get sober, bro, anybody can get sober, bro. But the way I stay sober is through God, my gratefulness, just the beauty of my home, bro. So if I ever get the opportunity where I get people help me get a treatment center, I'm gonna be right on the beach with no Wi-Fi in a nice place where we can wake up every morning and watch the sun rise and the sun set and just feel the breeze, bro. Because you know how long I never feel the wind on my face when I was in prison. When I walk out the door for the very first time, it's the first thing I noticed, bro, was, was the wind on my face, bro. Things that I took for granted before. The grass didn't look super green. The, the, everything just didn't look beautiful, bro. Because everything was stripped. And I grateful that I get that, that different mentality you now of gratefulness. And that's all we, our home can heal us. God and our home, bro, can heal us. And I, I pray on them in God's time. And they'll be surprised you guys to see what STEM will pray treatment Santa coming up. Oh, Kyle, I was, I was wondering, you know, if we have um, parents and adult, other adults listening, if they have a loved one that's, you know, either showing signs of like wondering about addiction or even already in it, you know, deep in it, what is your best advice and how, how do they support? Okay, what if you feel like what your loved ones is becoming an addict, don't, do not give up, bro. And you got to open your heart because they're going to do things that is not normally them, bro. Hmm. Because they, they're dealing with drugs now. And you just got to have an open mind bro, about that. I know it's hard and difficult, Cause that's what addicts do. Yeah. And watching your loved one go through them. Like my mom is 
was rough for her because nobody in my family is addicts, bro. Me. So my mom was freaking out. What? Whoever listening out there that need advice or somebody for talk to, I'm here, bro. My name is Kyle Kilau Singh. Feel free to reach out. I can help any way I can. I'm going to help you, bro. Okay, Kyle, we like to end with an inspirational quote. You already inspired us, <laughs> but do you have one to share? Um, do not take life for granted. Enjoy your freedom. Enjoy your family. And enjoy everything that, that comes your way, bro. And life going to have these ups and downs, bro. I call that storms. And there's no storm in life and in ourselves that lasts forever. So when life throws you a storm, choose to remember your value, your self-worth, and endure. And remember, the sun will shine once again, bro. And my name is Kyle, and I am on service. Give us your give us your IG handle again. Okay, my Instagram is Stay Humble Prayer. Stay Humble Prayer. Yeah. And if if there's any educators out there or principals listening, on my Instagram in my bio there's a link for top youth speakers. You press them, and I see you at your school, bro. And, and you speak to um you speak to inmates too or oh. Check this one out. Mitch Rod. Mitch Rod is my, one of my golfing buddies, bro. So he he said he support me anyway. Anyway he need me, he gonna help me. So I said, bro, I need you to get me into the jails, bro. You can do that. I got you. He took me back to the Hilo jail where I escaped from. And when I was bad, I kind of went build on reputation in the, in the bad world. So when I walk into the jail for shell, just looking at me like, what? No way, Kyle, you, you're good. You, you're helping kids. And I love when I help people, but helping the inmates was re so rewarding, bro. Because I remember, that's how I, got, that's how I got my business card, bro. Because one guy in the back, he mumbled this. He said, Kyle, if you can get better, I can get better because I wasn't even as bad as you. That's what he said. And I, I was thinking, bro, I wish I could go to every prison bro i wish I, I love going to the prisons i love going to the schools i love going to the churches i love at risk kids the youth challenges the detention homes interim homes all of them all of them bro i i'll i'll be there and you still golfing you still golfing oh, yeah still golfing but we're still getting some bad weather in hilo oh no what I, what I was gonna ask is are you still as good as you was oh <laughs> fast story fast story so i came out of prison i never had my front teeth i fully covered the tattoos and i wanted for golf and in prison when i work out you gotta work out now hard you gotta exercise i would end my workout swinging an imaginary club thousand times that's how i would end my workouts because i know one day i'm gonna be free i'm gonna hit on ball again so one week i've been free i can get one golf club and go to the driving range by my house and I was walking towards on stall for hit balls. I kind of was underdressed. I had like on tight tank top and slippers. And I had, I never looked like on golfer. And then I was walking by this one guy. He saw me. He didn't hide his wallet, bro. And his keys. He'd move them on the side and put them in his pocket. Then oh. I was looking at him like, bro, I'm not going to take your stuff, cause. So I, I walked far away from him because I knew he had issues, bro. 
So I walked far away by myself and I started hitting my ball and I was blasting my ball into this big banyan tree, 300 yards bro, straight ahead. Boom, everyone, I was hitting them in the tree. And in prison, I learned planning things, bro. And one thing I learned was with somebody looking at me. So I, I felt one presence, bro. So I looked to the side and I saw the guy, he was looking at me, his mouth was open and he just was like, what? So he started walking up to me and he said, wow, I never seen somebody hit one ball that far and how much times, bro? Whoa, you're a beautiful swing, but you can help me with mines. And I remember looking at him, I was thinking to myself, bro, you didn't hide your keys, nah, beat it, bro. That's what I was thinking in my head, but I was looking at him like this. Then I humbled myself and I said, bro, go get your clubs, bro. He said, well, I said, hurry up, get your clubs, bro. Then he get his clubs. I said, show me your swing. He showed me his swing. He had the ugliest swing I ever saw in my life, bro. I was like, oh, bro. So I gave him a few tips here and there. And that's my friend, bro. Till today, we, we're friends now. And, and that's why I tell the kids, but not judge nobody, bro. No judge nobody. Just respect them, bro. I get so much stories, bro, that all I do is share my life, bro with these kids and the stories about what happening and this and that and that alone bro help their mind bro change their, their perception change and yeah i still golf and is, is something ever come up on you guys island we got fundraiser golf tournament or something hit me up i'll be there bro there you go. <laughs> yeah. thanks kyle thanks for sharing your story and i love the stay humble because i think if we all remember to do that because you know, us, you know, us people like from the islands, we get a little heated, you know, Yeah. but yeah, if we all yeah. stayed humble, the love will come out stronger and you stronger. Just, it, 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 it'll conquer more, but you got to remember that. Right. Yeah. So thank you for sharing your story. You're awesome. You're, you're a light in this, this world that we need. Mahalo, mahalo. Thank you mahalo. very much. Thank Kyle. you. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing. I think, you know, your, your superpower truly, like you're the epitome of like share your, sharing your story authentically and vulnerably and i think that's where your superpower is kyle like you did that's that's why you're going to be able to you are and you're going to continue to change so many lives and impact the way you do and to see someone just humbly give back and be in service now after all the all the other stuff is just like it's pretty mind-blowing keep doing what you're doing be proud of what you're doing and we're rooting for you Mahalo, mahalo. Yeah, you I second that. Way. Yeah, I said, I sorry, I second that what Brooke said about you having a superpower, right? You don't even know your superpower is super strong, man. I mean, and the fact that you're sharing it and you're spreading it all over, I mean, go keep on doing it. I mean, I think that you're making a huge difference. And I, I wish there was, we could quadruple you or make like clones out of you, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, and spread it around the world. And it just goes to show why you're being utilized even outside of Hawaii unfortunately it's a huge problem and you're like one of the greatest weapons against this you know and wow. it's it's better for the community it's protecting our keiki protecting the adults and making the world a better place so if you're doing it then thank you so much obviously you are already making a difference and to all everybody listening right now please recommend this podcast please share this and let's spread this for as far and and to everybody that you care about because you guys have to hear Kyle's story I mean you have to I mean I'm so touched and it's just like still kind of chicken skin because of what you shared it's super unbelievable but it's just amazing how you are today and how you're taking what you what happened to you you're not like 
going in the corner and being like, oh, poor me, look at what happened to me, but you're just out there sharing it. So mahalo to you and just thanks so much for doing what you're doing, Kyle. Mahalo, mahalo for having me. Mahalo. If you guys can any way for use me, hit me up, bro. I'm, I'm of service. Yeah. All right, everybody, stay humble. Okay. And pray. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> mahalo, Kyle. Yes. <laughs>